progress. All right. We are up to Daf. Pay Gimel Amid, Pay Dalit Amid Aleph by the two. That's five lines into the page. The Gemara is going to be continuing with finding drushes to prove that ayin tachas ayin, that an eye for an eye is financial, that you have to pay for nezek and you don't actually blind the person eye for an eye. The Gemara is going to continue, basically the entire first Amid is going to be uh, continuing in this in this style. So the Gemara says, Tani Idach, another b'raiser, Rishim Ba'yichoy Oim, Rishim Ba'yichoy says, Ayin tachas ayin, the Pesach says, an eye for an eye. Mamin, that means that you pay payment for damage, you don't actually blind the attacker. How do you know that it's money? Maybe you actually should blind him. The proof that you can't do that is, If it actually means to blind the person, then what if the attacker is already blind? You can't blind him twice, then he's free. That doesn't make sense. Or let's say an amputee severed someone's hand. So what are you going to do? You can't sever his hand. He already doesn't have a hand. So, that what he'd be potter? Can't be. So it must be that it's financial, which everyone could have to pay. There's one law for everyone. Which means that if, if the Torah says that everyone has to be punished, it must be that the punishment is not just an eye for an eye, because what if the guy's blind? So it must be that it's financial. So the Gemara rejects this. The Gemara says, Namri, no. Really, maybe I could argue it really is an eye for an eye. I, what do you do if the guy's blind? So the guy's blind, he's taka potter. I, everyone should be punished. Maybe, really it's punishment, eye for an eye physically. I, what if the guy's blind? So if the guy's blind, he's taka potter. If it's possible, it's possible. And if it's not possible, it's not possible. And it'll exempt him from the penalty. I'll prove it to you. Because if you don't say this, the halach is that if someone's a trefa, which means that someone's dying, and he kills someone, he the, the one who is dying doesn't get the death penalty because he's not considered a living person anymore. He's already on his way out. So he doesn't get the death penalty. Ah, oh, I thought everyone's supposed to be punished. The answer is, when it's possible, it's possible. When not possible, not possible. What do you do with this? Now Rashi points out this is uh, this is not just referring to the fact that a trefa doesn't get killed. That if someone's edus about a trefa, it's a good edus even though it's edus The point is a trefa doesn't get killed. So what do you see? I this must be a death penalty. The answer is when possible, possible. When it's not possible, it's not possible. So therefore, says the Gemara like this. The Gemara. So the Gemara continues. The Gemara says, therefore, that's not a good reason to refute, and therefore we're going to reject that. That's far. Let's go another brisa. The Bei Rav Yishmael Tana. The Rav makes the following drasha. Amar the pasuk says, "Kani inosin boy." The pasuk says uh, that when a person does a mum, kasher also kani inosin boy. You, uh, you, it's be given to him. Yinasen is a lashon nesina, handing over a nesina l'mam, and that implies money. So can yinasen by that you should give him the punishment is money. So the Gemara says, wait a minute. If you're telling me that the source that it's money is because the word nosan means money, elamiyata according to you, kasha yutin mumba adam. When the pasuk says you should give a wound, right? The pasuk says 
there's two parts of the pasuk. There's the end of the pasuk, which says that uh, uh, you give him like punishment. But the beginning of the pasuk describes uh, a physical assault, and it says kasha When you give a mum in another person, you're telling me yitid means money. So what, if I give him money, he that's the uh, how did I injure him by giving him money? Meaning, if you tell me every time it says the word yitid, it means money then the beginning of the Pasuk doesn't make much sense. The beginning of the Pasuk is that when a person afflicts someone else with a mum, that can't be money. What do you see? You see the word yitin doesn't mean money. If the word yitin means money, I understand how you you could make him pay as a penalty, as the punishment could be payments, but what does it mean when you give him money? Give him money as a blemish. What are you talking about? The answer is eating doesn't mean money. So the Gemara says, no, Amri, you're right. The, the drasha to say is money is not from the word eating meaning money. It's rather that it's an extra pasuk. It's an extra pasuk. The pasuk says, The pasuk says that when a person has a mum, you shall give him yasela, you should give him a punishment. The next pasuk then says, So it's not the translation of the word yinasin, it's the extra pasuk yinasin. The extra pasuk, Okay. Now, the pasuk chaf, where it says, yinasin, um, which is extra, we're saying money. The beginning of the pasuk says, When you do a blemish to him. Now, if you tell me the entire pasuk is extra, and Kasha Yinosin Loy is talking about money, then what is the first part of the Pasuk? What's the if the whole Pasuk is extra, then what do you dash from the first part of the Pasuk, which is also extra? So the Gemara says, The answer is the Ikra Khidish of the Pasuk, which is extra, is the end of the Pasuk that it's referring to money. The beginning of the Pasuk is just for context. Okay. another the Pasuk says, Yad Yad. Now this Pasuk is referring to the, the Pasuk is referring to uh, Edom Zayman. And it says, the Edom Zayman, we know, that get, they get whatever they're trying to dish out. And the Pasuk says, Yad biyad, regal regal, hand to hand. Now what is hand to hand? It means the punishment of an Edom Zayman is Yad biyad. It's something handed from hand to hand, which is money. So you see that the punishment for assault, or in this case, Edom Zayman of assault, is money because yad biyad means from hand to hand, which is money. So the Gemara says, "Ela meata regal beregal nami hachiyava." What do they do with regal beregal? If you tell me yad biyad implies something that's handed from hand to hand, which is money, then how do you darshan regal beregal? What does regal beregal teach you? Something from foot to foot. What does that mean? So the Gemara says, "No, Amri tiberufchia kriyaser gadarshi." They weren't darshing just from Yad Biyad to do that. It's the fact that the entire word is extra. It's not that Yad Biyad implies something from hand to hand. It's that the words are extra. Mikhti. The Pasuk says regarding Edom Zaymim Ksiv Kasha Zaymim that they get whatever they were trying to dish out. Now, again, we're trying to figure out does that mean literally? Does that mean they literally get the punishment? Or does that mean just financial? Well, the Pasuk says they get whatever they're trying to dish out. The Esau Gedetach Mamish, and if you think it means literally that you punch someone, you get punched, then Yabiyad Lumli. What do you have to have Yabiyad? Yeah, if you hurt someone, you get your hand hurt. You hurt their eye, you get their eye. So you have to list every body part. The words Yabiyad are extra because the Pasuk says, uh, which is a general form of punishment that they get whatever they're trying to dish out. That's the punishment. Yabiyad is completely superfluous. 
So therefore, the drasha is yabiyad shlaminamamim. Yabiyad, it's not that yabiyad means money, because then you could do that for regular barega, and it won't mean that. It's that yabiyad is extra to tell you money. So the Gemara says, okay, if the entire pasuk is extra, then regular barega lamali. And the answer is, I dechsev yabiyad regal barega because of nami regal barega. The answer is, yabiyad is extra, and regal barega is just for a flow of the pasuk. Okay. Now Abayah's turn. Abayah Omar. Abayah says, I see him in the Tanu Dechizki. He learns that from Tanu Dechizki. The Tanu Dechizki, Ayin Tachas Ayin, Nebesh Tachas Nebesh. The Pasuk says, an eye for an eye, and a soul for a soul. The Pasuk is making it clear, do not take a life and an eye. Meaning, if you're going to take someone's eye, do not take his life as well. Now, now, now if you actually think that it means literally taking out an eye. The Pasuk, I mean, what is the Pasuk saying? The Pasuk is saying, don't take a life and an eye. Now, if an eye for an eye means money, so then the Pasuk is saying, take money, don't also kill him. Okay. But if you're telling me it's eye for an eye, literally, that when someone's eye gets poked out, you take away his eye, then the Pasuk is saying, take away his eye, but don't kill him. Here's the problem. Sometimes when you take away someone's eye, it might kill him. If you take a hammer to someone's eye, it might kill him. So how could the Pasuk say, the, the Pasuk is saying, eye for an eye, but don't kill him also. Now, if that's money, that's completely within my control. I could take the money for the eye and not kill him. Understood. But if you tell me eye for an eye is literal, isn't it possible that it will kill him? The Gemara says, Zim So the fact that the Pasuk is saying, do not take his life as well, which implies that it's in your control, that implies that it's not a physical punishment, it's a financial punishment. So the Gemara says, no, my kushya, wait a minute. Maybe it's physical, and the Pasuk is saying that before you hit his eye, have him have a medical report of whether he can handle this. Meaning, if you go to an old man and you knock his eye out, that might kill him. A young man, it might be, he might be healthy enough to do it. Maybe it's really physical. I so how could the Pasuk say don't take his life? It's not my, my control. The answer is yes, it is. You go to the doctor. The same with lashes. They wouldn't just give 39 lashes. 39 lashes were if you were healthy enough to handle it. If you couldn't handle it, they would have a doctor. Now, if the doctor says you can handle it and you talk a die, then it's an onus. The bezin's not going to get killed. But maybe that's what it means. Take an eye, but not his life, meaning get him evaluated. My kushya. Dilma maybe Abdinale, maybe we're supposed to assess the information. Perhaps he's supposed to assess. Can he handle losing an eye good? And if not, if it's going to jeopardize his life, don't do it. Now Abdinan the Matsi Mikabal. And even if we assess that he's able to handle it, but Abdina Bibinabruch, if it Taka died from it, even though the doctor said he wouldn't, he might If it happens, it happens. Mila Tanakabimalkas, don't we find this by lashes? Amduo Mesach is the other father. That we find that by lashes. If you evaluate the person that he can handle as soon as the lashes and he dies, you don't get punished. Meaning, maybe that's what the Pasuk means. So maybe attacker could be actual punishment. And the Pasuk is just saying, evaluate it before. Okay, another proof. The Pasuk says, a wound for a wound. That teaches you that in addition to Nezek, which is, we're trying to figure out, either financial or physical, you also have to pay for Tsar. Now here's the question. If, it's a very, very simple Svar. If Nezek, we're trying to figure out what is Nezek. So right now we're saying it's, it's money. But let's say it was actually an eye for an eye. Why would I also have to pay for Tsar? I put him through losing an eye. I went through losing an eye. If it's financial, I understand that you have to pay the financial of Nezek and the financial for Tsar. But if Nezek is actually an eye for an eye, 
Reuben knocks out Shimon's eye, then Shimon's eye also gets knocked out. Why should Shimon have to pay for Tsar? Shimon went through the exact same Tsar. There shouldn't be any other, there shouldn't be Ripoy, there shouldn't be Nezek, there shouldn't be Tsar, there should just be Nezek. If it's an eye for an eye, then it's literal, even Stephen. If it's money, so then you could argue you have to pay more money. But if it's actual Nezek, it's just actually an eye for an eye, then why would, why would Reuben have to pay in addition? He lost an eye, that should be enough. He went through the exact same Tsar as Shimon. What's he paying for Tsar? He went through the exact same tsar. It's a tikkun. The Gemara says, "We did tsar magnezav. We said that hamamish kehechet to have the tsar. Lahinamish is tsar." So the fact that you have to pay for tsar that implies that it's money. So the Gemara says, "No, my kushya dilma ike inish demefanik is tsar tzvei ike inish dolem mefanik less tsar tzvei lemanaf kamil chutbei hech tbei nibeni." Maybe, perhaps not. Maybe really, it's an eye for an eye. So Reuben knocks out Shimon's eye. Then Reuben's eye gets knocked out. But Reuben also has to pay for tzad. Why? Reuben went through the exact same pain by losing an eye. The answer is, some people have different pain thresholds. Maybe Shimon, who lost the eye originally, went through much more pain than Reuben. And Reuben has to compensate for that. Meaning, maybe it's tak an eye for an eye. So the question is, so why should Reuben have to pay for tzad? He went through the exact same tzad. The answer is, maybe Reuben and Shimon have different pain thresholds. And Reuben did not go through as much pain as Shimon did. And then if he has to pay for that. So maybe perhaps it's actually an eye for an eye. The Gemara says a similar proof and rejection from Ripoy. We know the Pasta says you have to pay for the medical bills in addition for Nezek. Now, if Nezek is actually an eye for an eye, so if it's actually an eye for an eye, then what do you have to pay? What do I have to pay for? Uh, what do I have to pay for the medical bills? I also lost an eye. I went through the same medical expenses. Meaning, Reuben acts on Shimon's eye. So Reuben, in addition to Nezek, has to pay for the medical expenses. Why? If Reuben also loses an eye, that's eye for an eye, literally, then he had the exact same medical expenses as Shimon. The answer is, Perhaps no. Perhaps Reuben and Shimon, Reuben is stuck an eye for an eye. So why does he have to pay for medical bills? Maybe Reuben heals quicker. Than Shimon. And Shimon had a longer medical expense, a larger medical expense than Reuben. So perhaps it actually is an eye for an eye. The Gemara continues. A lot of words today's up. The Gemara says, Ravashi Yomar Aisei Tachas Tachas Mishor. Ravashi says a different source that it's medical, it's Tachas Tachas Mishor. Ksiv Hacha Ayn Tachas Ayn. It says regarding damage to a person, Ayn Tachas Ayn. The word Tachas. Uksiv Hasim Shalim Mishalim Shar Tachas Ashar. And it says regarding an animal, the word Tachas. Malalan money. Maman, just like when it comes to an animal, when you damage an animal, you pay money. Avkan, Maman, so it's over here, money. So you learned that from an animal. Very similar to the first drasha we had yesterday, but it's from the word tachas. So the Gemara says, if you remember yesterday, we had a back and forth. that We're trying to figure out what's the halacha by nezek, which is a person damages another person. Now, what we know for sure is that when you damage an animal, it's money. When you, a person kills a person, it's, penal, it's punishment. It's death. You killed, you get killed. What we're trying to figure out is when a person damages another person, is it more comparable to an animal damaging another, uh, being damaged or getting damaged? Or is it more comparable to a person killing? Meaning, do you compare Adam to Adam, even though one's damaging and one's killing, and say that damaging should also be uh, eye for an eye, just like it's death for death? Or do you say, no, it's more comparable a person to an animal, but at least they're both penalties. The Gemara is saying right now, the sources we learn out from an animal is tachas. The Gemara says, My was tachas, tachas, meshar, and tachas of the other. Instead of learning it out from an animal and its money, learn out from the death penalty of a person and say that it's it's inflicting pain as punishment. It says tachas by death penalty as well. 
Malon Mamish Akam Mamish. Gemara says, no. Don Mizikim Nizikim, Don Misa. It makes more sense to learn out from an animal because at least an animal and a person are both penalties, are both damages, as opposed to a person to a person where you're learning out damages from death. The Gemara says, other on the contrary, Don in Adam, Adam, Beidon in Adam, Mehema. Makes more sense to learn out from a person, even though they're both one's damages and one's death, as opposed to an animal from a person, which are not comparable. So how do you know that you learn out from tachas of an animal? You should learn tachas from the death penalty, and just like the death penalty, you get what you got, so too by an eye for an eye, literally an eye for an eye. So the Gemara says, no, Elam Ravashi, tachas asher ino. The word tachas, learned out by damaging a person, is not learned out from an- damaging an animal. It's learned out from tachas uh, asher which is learned out from rape. The halacha is that when a person rapes someone, he has to pay a financial penalty, and it says the word tachas over there. And it says the word tachas by all damages of a person, just like by a rape, it's financial, so to all damages are financial. That's a person to a person, and that's damages. It is a perfect drasha. Okay, Tanya, Rabbi Lazar Oimer, we've been going till now, we've had like 10 drashas to prove that eye for an eye is financial, comes over the Yezer, and he says, eye for an eye, literally. That implies literally, meaning an eye for an eye. Rabbi Yezer is going with Sharia law, no way. Mamish Sogadaitach. Revelazar let's say Kahola and Tanai. Revelazar argue arguing with everybody? No way. So the Gemara says, El Omar Rava, Loimer Shain Shaman Oisakavit. No, what Rav what Revelazar means is you it is money, but you don't figure it out by the value of a slave. Meaning, how do you figure out Nazak? You figure out the value of a slave, right? Reuben uh, blind Shimon. So you figure out Shimon's value with an eye, without an eye, and you pay the difference. Revelyaz disagrees. You don't figure out the value by 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 evaluating him as a slave. So the Gemara says, so how are you going to figure it out? If you don't figure out the value as a slave, what are you going to figure out the value as a, as a, as a non-slave? Non-slaves don't have values. What, what, what does that mean? How are you going to do it? The answer is, Rav Leezer agrees that it's money, and he agrees you evaluate as a slave. What he disagrees is whose evaluation. Till now, we've been going with the victim's evaluation. He disagrees. He thinks it should be um, the aggressor. So if Ruvain blinds Shimon, Everyone assumes that you go with Shimon's value before and after being blinded. Reliez disagrees. It's Ruvain, the uh, attacker's value. You figure out his value as a slave with an eye and without an eye, and that's what you pay. Okay. The Gemara says the following story. There was a certain donkey that cut off a kid's hand. I don't know how, but the donkey severed a kid's hand. So Now, when an animal hurts a person, there is no It's just one. It's just Nazak. So they came in front of Papa. Now, they did not tell Rav Papa the whole story. Uh, it seems that Rav Papa was told, or at least what Rav Papa understood, was that a donkey driver cut off a kid's hand. So, so Rav Papa said, get, uh, get the donkey a, a driver, because he thinks the donkey driver did it. Let him pay for four things. Now, before we address the fact that it was a donkey and not a donkey driver, it's not four things, it's five things. Isn't it five? Well, Rav Papa says, I mean four in addition to the classic Nezek. So figure out Nezek and then Tzairi Kushev Zabayshis. But they responded, Abaya said, Wasn't the case where a donkey hurt the kid? Donkeys don't pay five things, they just pay Nezek. So He says, okay, go pay for it. Meaning, I didn't realize... I didn't realize that a donkey did it, so then pay for the Nezek. They said, how do we pay? Don't we have to evaluate him? That's what I mean. Evaluate the kid as a slave, figure out his value with a hand, without a hand, and pay. 
the father of the victim said, I do not want my child to be assessed as a slave. He's already gone through enough. This is degrading. I don't want it to be. So Amr Levi said to the father, You're taking money away from the kid. Meaning, let's say the kid's value as a slave was $1,000 with a hand, without a hand, $500. The kid is owed $500. Not the father, the kid. He was the one hurt. On the bar mitzvah. The father doesn't want the kid to go through the process, to go to Besdin, to go to court. It's, a, it's, it's, it's stressful. It's, it's tra- traumatizing. So the father said, I don't want my kid to do it. Here's the problem. If you don't do it, you're not getting the money. Right? If, you, if, if, if you don't go through the process of valuing it as a slave, you're not getting any money. So they said to the father, you're taking away money from your son. So the father says, when he gets older, I'll talk to him about it, and I'll see if he forgives me. Meaning, you're right, I'm being Michael. And I owe him the money. And I'll deal with that when he becomes bar mitzvah. I'll deal with the fact that I owe him the money, but I do not want him to go through this. Okay. Mari says, one more ma'isur. Mari says like this. Ha'hu toira de'olas yedei nuga. There was an ox that bit off a kid's hand. Also coming to Rava. So they came in front of Rava. Now Rava's in bubble. Omerlu, he says, zil shaymu ka'avna. Go figure out the child's value as a slave. And, uh, and uh, you know, Figure out how much is up. So they said, I thought, didn't you say, they asked Rava, didn't you say that anytime you need to evaluate someone as a slave to figure out the payments, we don't do that in Bavel. You see, in Bavel, they didn't have smicha. And therefore, you can't, you can't do this payment. So how are you getting them to evaluate, the, to figure out Nezek, which is evaluating as a slave? I thought we don't do that in Bavel. So Rava said, I never said, to figure out the value, the purpose of figuring out the value is not so that the fa- that the owner of the ox has to pay the kid. The halacha is, though, that if the kid or the kid's father were to grab the money, we would not take it away. Meaning, let's say the kid was damaged and it was a $500 worth of damage. In Bava, we are not going to make the, dunk, the ox owner pay. But if the kid were to take $500, we will not make him return it. So and he said, figure out the damage. It was not so that the owner would have to pay, but it means we ought to know how much it's worth because if, let's say it was a $500 damage and the kid grabs 1000 we're going to make him return 500 bucks. You got to know what it is. So, okay. Now, you see from here is that Rava held that we do not figure out Nezek in Bavel. Now, we're going to have to try to figure this out, why this is. Now, Rava Latameh, the truth is this is Rava Lashitaso. To Amar Rava, Rava said, Nizke Shar Bashar. When an ox gets damaged, either by another ox or by a person, I'm sorry, if, if an ox causes another ox damage, or or an ox is damaged by a person, so if an ox gets hurt, that we do collect in Bavo. But if a person is damaged, either by a person or an ox, so we pay for the damages of an ox, but not the damages of a person. Now, what we're going to have to try to figure this out is what exactly is the difference? Meaning, why is it? They're both, they're none of the, they're, there is a rule we don't do knosis, knas in, in bubble. This is not a knas. This is a payment. And what's the difference between my ox gets punched by a person that you have to collect in bubble, but a person gets punched by a person we don't? What's the difference? So the Gemara says, Why do we not collect a human damage in bubble? Because because the Pasuk describes uh, judges as Elohim, which means they have to have smicha. Beleka and in Bavel, they're not ordained. Okay. 
Nizke shar b'shar b'shar b'adam nami. So then, wait a minute. So then, the same way you need smicha for a, a human who got hurt, you also need smicha for an animal that got hurt to figure out the. You need smicha for all types of nezek. Go to the next page. So why is it that we collect with animals that got hurt? There's such a concept that while they didn't have smicha in Bavel, because they had smicha in Eretz Yisrael, the Dayanim of Bavel were considered like the shluchim of Eretz Yisrael, to allow them to do certain things without smicha. And that's why you're going to allow animal getting damaged. I, there's no smicha. The answer is there's shluchim of Eretz Yisrael. So that same svara, that same argument should be extended for human, uh, human people that got hurt. The same way if an animal gets damaged, even though there's no smicha, the Rabbanim will be able to adjudicate the case because they're shluchim. So too, if a human gets hurt, so say you shluchim weiter. The Gemara is midah ha'vadaz vavos adam adam nami v'shar nami shulchasai kavdinu midah ha'vadaz vavos. Just like all loan cases, right? You need smicha. The answer is the shluchim of Eretz Yisrael. So why not? I mean, what's the difference? The Gemara says, "Amri ki kavdinu shulchasaiu b'midah dekim legavayu d'midah leim kim leavdinu shulchasaiu." The reason why we're not considered shluchim of Eretz Yisrael, we don't do cases. Where you need smicha, if you need if the if the if the amount is not clear, meaning if it's like it's a hundred dollars clear, okay fine. But over here, when a person damages a person, how do you figure it out? You got to start figuring out the value of slaves. You got to start uh, getting appraisals. That you don't do. It's one thing to be a shliach of Eretz Yisrael. The whole concept of shluchim is you know that the ikker is the rabbanu of Eretz Yisrael and the rabbanu above are just like sort of fulfilling their will. If you need appraisals, that's kind of like gives Kayach to the Rabbanim of Bavel on their own, and therefore we're not into it. So in other words, you're only going to do the difference between an animal getting hurt and a human getting hurt, is we will not adjudicate humans getting hurt in Bavel because you need appraisals. Here's the problem. When animals hurt, you also need appraisals, right? If you cut off an ox's arm, you've got to figure out the value of the market of an ox healthy, and then an arm. You got Without an arm, you got you got to figure it out. The same way you figure out a human gets hurt by figuring out his value as a slave, you figure out an animal getting hurt by going to the, the market of, of animals. What's the difference? There's a human market for slaves, there's an animal market. What's the nafkamin? The Gemara says, Amri, Sharba, 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 the Nami, like in the value. Right? And animals also not clear. What do you got to do? You got to go to the court, go to the, go to the market, figure out the value of an animal. More than this, if you're telling me, first of all, that's the first problem. What's the difference between animals and humans? And second of all, if you're telling me the whole thing will always do shluchim, if it's clear, then how come we don't do kefel? Kefel's clear. Dal is clear. It's math. Why don't we do? Why don't we do that in Bavo? Omri, the answer is That's not so sure because kefel and dal are knas. We don't do knasus in Bavo. So Gemara says, Back to the original problem that I, when an animal hurts another animal, you do shlichus, and and you adjudicate cases in Bavel, even though it's not clear. But when a human hurts another human, when a human hurts another human. You don't you don't do shlichus. So what's the difference? The Gemara says, "Kikavdinu shlichusayu b'milsa de shlicha." Adam ba'adam deloy shlicha loy avdinu shlichusayu. Here's the difference: animals hurting, getting hurt, is very common. That's why we do it. Humans getting hurt, not common. So it also has to do with commonality. How often is it? Therefore, when a person gets hurt, it's not common. So the Gemara says, "Wait a minute. See, if you're telling me that we'll do shlichus, we will do cases in bavel. If it's common, boishe subgam." Cases of humiliation and begam, which is depreciation of value, which is talking about if you're a man, a woman, 
Apparently, Shriach, unfortunately, that is common. So now the Shukha so why don't we do it? So the Gemara says, Amri Hachanami, you should do it. Rapopa did it. Rapopa had cases based on humiliation, pulling out people's hairs, whatever it is. Meaning, Boishis and Begam. So, rape, uh, Begam is not always rape, it's just like, you know, yes, yeah, rape is unfortunately more common. It's not just rape, it's anytime the, you know, uh, coercion to have relations. And, and Boishis, case of humiliation, you should, because it's common. The answer is Rapopa did. Okay, works out well. I halessed the Rapopa. Here's the problem. We don't pass him like Rapopa. Rav Chizda wanted to adjudicate such a case, and he says, you're doing this in Bavl? No way. So back to the original problem. Why is it that by animals getting hurt, we'll do cases in Bavl, but not humans? So don't tell me it's because humans are not common, because Boishis Vagam is common. We don't do that either. So the answer is, here's the deal. What we need is a combination. It has to be common, and there has to be financial loss. See, when an animal damages another animal, it's common and there's a financial loss. But a human getting hurt, while there is financial loss, it's not common. Boishas and Begam is common, but there's no financial loss. So therefore, it doesn't fall under that category. So the Gemara says, In order for us to do shlichus and to adjudicate cases in Bavel, you need milsa de shlichus, it has to be common, and there has to be a case of financial loss. One without the other, no good. Hilkaf, therefore, in the case of a person hurting another person, yes, there is financial loss, but it's not common, not common enough, we don't do it. I'm sorry, I forget about Begam. But Boishas, case of humiliation, um, while there is uh, it is common because there is no financial loss we do not uh, adjudicate those cases now the gum I just noticed is taken out I'm not sure okay and we collect if an ox damages another ox. Rava said that we do that in Bavo because it's common and there's financial loss. But didn't Rava say, if an ox gets uh, damaged, we don't do that in Bavo? Now, who damaged this ox? Again, up to this point, we said that if an ox gets damaged by a person or by an animal, you get you, it, it, you you collect in bubble over here. You're saying if an ox gets damaged, uh, I'm sorry. If an ox damages, right? If an ox damages another ox, you do it in bubble. An ox damages a person, you don't. Rava said now that if an ox damages, you're not going in bubble. Now who is this ox damaging? If it's an ox that's damaging people, that you don't collect in bubble. Yeah, it's pushing. We don't collect any human damages. My area is shard azagadam. I feel other than Now, why are you telling me a case of an shard that's azagadam? Even an other that's azagadam, we don't. Meaning, right now, the rule of Rabbah is if an ox gets damaged, you collect. If a human gets damaged, does not. Then Rabbah said that if an ox damages, you don't collect in bubble. Now, it doesn't damage. Who did the ox damage? If it damaged a person, of course you don't collect it in bubble. And why are you talking about an ox damaging a person? Say a bigger kid. A person damaging a person doesn't collect in bubble. El Abshita, the Azak Shar. It must be that when Rabbah said this case that an animal gets it damages, it was talking about damaging another animal. Tani Inga, the rest of the So basically, we have a contradiction. 
One time Rava said that if an animal damages another animal, you're goyv and bavel. And then Rava said when an animal damages another animal, you're not goyv and bavel. So which one is it? So the answer is, if you remember from the beginning of the Masechta, that Karen, the first three times, is, is, a, is, a, is a tam, and then it's a mood. Tam is a machloikis, but one opinion holds that chasi nezek is a knas. That really you should be patul agamri because you didn't do anything wrong, but it's a knas. If you hold that it's a knas, we're not goyven bavel. So when Rava said the two statements, it could work out very nicely. Rava said that an animal gets damaged by another animal, your goyven bavel is talking about a mood. And when Rava said an animal damages another animal, you're not goyven, it's talking about a tam, because a tam is a knas. Amri hasam tam So the case that your goyven bavel is where it's a mood. Amri, wait a minute. Didn't Rava say there is no such thing as a mood in Bavel? So how could you tell me that the case that you adjudicate in Bavel is a mood? I thought there's no such thing as a mood in Bavel. How do you become a mood? Don't you have to damage three times and each time the Bezdin has to say you're, uh, you're, you're, you're guilty? We don't do that in Bavel. Meaning, we're only goiva things that are common and it has to be not a knas. So that's a mood. Here's the problem. How do you get to a mood? You have damage three times. But Bezdin doesn't make, Bezdin and Babel do not have the power to make something a mood. So how do you ever get to a mood? So Amri, the answer is, it became a mood in Israel, and then they brought it over as a mood. Wait a minute. So you're telling me the case is, or it was already a mood when it got here. But didn't you tell me the rule that we only adjudicate cases in Babel that are common? How common is it for a mood animal to be shipped from Israel to Babel? Hamilsa so how could that be the case where you, you're goyve in Bavel? The answer is, Okay, the animal didn't become... Okay, we have this problem. You're telling me that the, when Rabbah said that you, you, you make cases of, of Nezek in Bavel, it's talking about where an animal gores another animal, and it's a mood. How did it become a mood? Well, it was a mood in Israel shipped over. That, that's not common. Okay. The issue with doing a bubble is they don't have smicha. The Rabbanim of Eretz Yisrael have smicha. So the cases where three, where Rabbanim from Eretz Yisrael came to Bavel and they sat on the Bezdin. Okay. The problem is, how common is that? <laughs> they didn't travel like we do nowadays. So the Gemara says, You know what the Rabbanim meant? He never meant Karen. Because Karen starts off as a Tam, which is a Knas. And even once it becomes a Muid, it only could become a mood in Eretz Yisrael, and it's not common. So you know what Rava meant when he said that your goyve uh, nezek in Bavel, Shane and Regal. Shane and Regal are mood from the beginning. That's what he was referring to, not Karen. Okay. Now the Mishnah. We'll just finish up with this. The Mishnah said like this. The Mishnah said. The Mishnah said that a kviya, that the pasuk says kviya tachas kviya and chabura tachas chabura. Okay. Now, it means a burn for a burn and then a wound for a wound. The Mishnah said that if a person gets a wound on his fingernail so it doesn't cause a, a, a bruise, it's just pain, you have to pay. So the Gemara says, Tsar shaloi b'makam nezek. Our Mishnah holds that if there is Tsar without nezek, so there's no damage, there's no medical expenses, there's no whatever, but there's pain. Mishnahalim, you pay. That's what our Mishnah holds. So who is the author of our Mishnah that you could be chayev for tsar without nezek? Meaning, I could argue, I could have thought that you only pay for tsar when there's actual nezek, when there's actually a wound. But there's no wound, just pain. 
You don't have to pay. Our Mishnah says you do. Who is the author of a Mishnah? Mantana. Amarava. Rava says Ben Azahi. Rava says, I believe it's Ben Azai. Now, which is this Ben Azai? So, Titania. Rebbe Oimer. Okay, there's a Brisa, a very cryptic Brisa, that Rava understands that Ben Azai's Shita is that Tsar without Nezek is Chayiv. And Rebbe disagrees. Now, Rebbe and Ben Azai do not say what they mean. It is very unclear, but that's how Rava interprets it. The Rava says like this, Detanya the Brisa says, Rebbe Oime, Rebbe says, now the Pasuk says, Kiviyah tachas kiviyah, a burn for a burn, Chabura tachas Chabura, a wound for a wound. It starts off with Kiviyah and then Chabura. Says Rebbe, Kiviyah nemer tchila. Rebbe says, it says Kiviyah first. Now Rebbe is not just telling you the order of the Pasuk, he's obviously telling you a halacha. Ben Azai then says, Chabura nemer tchila. Ben Azai says, no, it says Chabura first, which is not true. So what, are, what is going on here? So this is how Rav interprets it. Ben Rebbe Savar, Rebbe holds like this. Kviyah, he, here's the question. Okay, it's basically like this. The word Kviyah that starts off burn is pain. Chabura is wound. Here's the question. When the Pasuk says Kviyah in the beginning, what does that mean? Does that imply a burn without a wound, and then at that point of the Pasuk, it's Chayiv, comes Chabura and says, no, it needs Chabura, it needs a wound to be Chayiv, and pain without a wound is Pater. Or, does the word Kibiyah imply both? Both a wound and a non-wound, all pain, and then Chabura is telling you that it's Chayiv even without pain, without a wound. Meaning, the Gemara says like this, this is how Rava interprets it, the Gemara. Michael Mifki, Rebbe Sabah, Rebbe understands the word Kibiyah on its own is less like Chabura Mashma. The word Kibiyah on its own implies pain for pain without a wound. Kasav Rachmana, that's the beginning of the Pasuk. And then the Pasuk says, no, Chabura, Ligluya Leha. The word Chabura is saying, don't think that way. Meaning, if it just said Kibiyah, Kibiyah stopped, you would think you pay for pain even without a wound. Comes the word Chabura and says, no. So the word kibiyah, if it stopped right there, would imply pain without a wound is chayiv. Comes chabura and says, no, pain without a wound is not chayiv. Our Mishnah, which says pain without a wound is chayiv, is not Rebbe. So when Rebbe says the words kibiyah nemretchila, kibiyah nemretchila means that kibiyah is the first part of the Pasuk, but that's, the, that's what I would have thought. I would have thought that you're chayiv for a burn without a wound comes Chaburan and says, no, you're only Chayev for a burn with a wound. So when Rebbe says, it's like, that was the Havamina, comes Chaburan and says, not like that. That's Rebbe. Then Benazai, Benazai says, no. He disagrees. He says the word on its own implies a burn with a wound. And only with a wound are you Chayev. And then the word Chaburah is saying, no. I mean, basically, you have Kibiyah, and then Chaburah says, no. So if Kibiyah implies, like Rebbe, just a burn without a wound, comes Chaburah says, no, you're only Chayev with a wound. Then Azah is the opposite. Kibiyah implies both with a wound or without, uh, 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 only with a wound, comes Chaburah says, no, uh, and Kibiyah says, no, uh, Chaburah says, no, you're Chayev even without a wound. And when Ben Azai said in the Brisa before, Ben Azai said, Chabura Namretchila means Chabura on its own in the beginning implies only if there's a wound, meaning Chabura Namretchila, meaning Kviya implies only when there's a wound, Chabura comes to say not like that. So what you have over here is, again, a very cryptic Brisa. We don't really say their opinions, but way, the way Rav is interpreting it is that Ben Azai holds your for a burn without a wound, 
even without a wound, and, and Rebbe disagrees. Now, the problem with that is, what's interesting is, it's two, twofold. First of all, that means that Rebbe and Menazai, in the statements of the Brisa, they were actually describing the Havamina. So when Rebbe said, Kibiyon Nemer Tchila, it means, uh, sorry, when Rebbe said, Kibiyon uh, Nemer Tchila, that means that if the Pasuk would have just said Kibiyon, I would say, Chayiv, even without a wound, comes Chabur, it says not like that. So they were describing like the Havaminas. But what you end up happening is a very strange thing, which is Rebbe is not the author, author of the Mishnah, and Ben Azai is. Now, that happens sometimes, but over here, they had a cryptic statement. You could have interpreted it backwards. You could have made it that Rebbe holds the Yerchayev without a wound, and Ben Azai doesn't. And that way, our Mishnah would be authored by Rebbe. But Rava didn't go with that approach. Rava made it that Ben Azai disagrees with Rebbe, that our Mishnah follows Ben Azai, not Rebbe. So says the Gemara, the Gemara says, Amrli Maskil Rapub, Rapub says, Adra Ibhumasaba, wouldn't it make more sense that Rebbe is the author of our Mishnah? Rebbe Oimer, and this is how you read it in. Kviyah Namratila, Rebbe says the word Kviyah is written first, meaning Kviyah to Isbe Khabura Mashma, that the word Kviyah on its own implies that you're chayib only if there's a wound. Kasar Khumana Khabur, Lagluya the Kviyah the Lesli Khabura. Comes the word Khabur and says, No, you're chayib even without a wound. So when Rebbe says Kviyah Namratila, he's saying, it says Kviyah first, which implies both. Chabur says, no, you're chayiv, you're, you're um, even when there's no wound. Ben Azai then would say the opposite. Chabur and Amritzchila. Savar, Kviyah, Dalasli, Chabur, Mashma. He feels, no, that Kviyah implies, oh, even when there is no wound. Kasar, Rachman, Chabura, Lagluya, De Kviyah, De Ismi, Chabur, In, Eloi, Loi. Vasikna, Kaimi. So, according to this interpretation, they're both saying the conclusion that Rebbe is saying, meaning the word is saying without a wound, and Benaz is saying no, that the Iker is you have to have a wound. So according to this, Benazi holds if there's no wound, you're Potter. And our Mishnah is like Rebbe and not Benazi. So it just, it makes more sense. Inami, another way to interpret the Mishnah, everyone agrees the, everyone agrees the word implies that you're even if there is no wound. So what's the Machlokas? And how is our Mishnah not like Benazi? So what's the machlekes? Everyone agrees the words kiviyah implies that you're even if there is no wound. So why does the word kiviyah means that? So why does Rebbe, why does Benazai disagree? And he says, no, if there's no wound, you're potter. Because Benazai, what he does is, it says the word kiviyah, and then, and then it says chabura. Now the actual pasuk is kiviyah, tachas kiviyah, uh, there's actually a word. I've been saying it, kibiyah tachas kibiyah in between, but it's kibiyah tachas kibiyah, petza tachas potza, chabura tachas chabura. The machloikas ben Azai and Rebbe is when you have the word kibiyah first, then the word chabura at the end of the pasuk, but there's another word in between, do you make it a klal and a prat? You see, if you make it a klal and a prat, then kibiyah implies um, whether you're chayiv, whether there's a wound or not, you're always chayiv. Chabura, only a wound. So if you say a klal and a prat, then you'd say klal, always chayev, prat, only if there's a wound, aim b'chlal and prat, you only chayev if there's a wound. If you make a klal and prat, you'll be potter if there, is no, if there is no wound. If it's just pain but no wound, no damage to the body, you'll be potter. Benazi makes a drasha of klal and prat. Even though the word petzatachas potter is in between, he doesn't care. Rava, uh, Rebbe disagrees. So they both agree. So the first, Rav Papa's conclusion is basically like this. Rav Papa feels that our mission follows Rebbe. That you're chayiv even if there is no wound. And that's Rebbe's opinion. So what's the Machlegis Rebbe and, and Ben Azai? So the first approach of Rav Papa is the Machlegis 
Rabbi and Ben Azai is does the word kviyah imply do we we know the word kviyah says something and the Chaburah disagrees. So Ben Azai holds the word kviyah implies that you're chayiv whether there's a wound or not. Chaburah says no, you're only chayiv if there's a wound. Rabbi disagrees. The word kviyah it means you're chayiv only if there is no, if there is a wound. Chaburah says chayiv even if there is no wound. That's the first approach. The second approach is no. Everyone agrees that kviyah is chayiv. Kviyah implies whether there's a wound or not. You should be chayiv. What's the machlokes? The machlokes. Do you make a claw on a prat? It says kviyah, and then it says petzatachas was chabura tachas chabura. Do you make a claw on a prat between kviyah and chabura, and do you sort of skip the word petza? Rebbe feels that you do not make a. Uh, here, let me read it inside. The Gemara says inami dekuliyama kviyah ben deispe chabura mitelas chabura. Everyone agrees, agrees the word kviyah implies whether it's a chabura or not. Here the machlag is, do you make a klal on a prat? Skipping, do you make a klal on a prat within one pasuk when there's other words in between? Rabbi says no. Therefore, the word pesatachas patsa interrupts. There is no klal prat, and therefore, the word kviyah implies a wound. The Gemara says, Benazi sover, don't nice a prat. And Benazi disagrees, he says, no, you do make a klal on a prat. And the word petza doesn't interrupt that. The klal on a prat tells you, in b'chol ha'mashu b'frat, you only chayv if there's a wound, if there's no wound, you're potter. V'chidim chabura l'rebbe l'ama l'idam yisrem. And the word chabura, according to Rebbe, is just coming to say you add more money. But the point is, the machlekes is whether you make a klal on a prat, Rebbe feels that you do not, and therefore you chayv even if there is no wound. Rabbanan uh, Benazai disagrees, and that's the machlekes, and our Mishnah follows Rebbe.